0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist, and this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Greetings, cojourners, and welcome home. So glad that you're here. And we have a poem submission for this week from Rye, and Rai's piece is called Teachings of Light and Dark. I remember the sparkle in your eyes. You didn't have to work hard for it to show. You didn't know the light was even there. For so long, people kept telling you to dim that light. It was too bright, they said. They were used to hiding in the dark. Someone long ago told them to dim their lights, too. They didn't remember that same light unapologetically shining from your eyes, used to shine from their eyes, too. That's how I know that our darkness is universal. That's how I know that our lightness is universal. My pain, the pain I feel inside of my heart, I see you feel it too. The joy, the joy gushing out of my eyes, I sense it in yours too. Our love is universal. Our love is transformative. Our love is what we are. Right. Thank you so much for sharing this in terms of your homecoming journey and us really being mindful of our interconnectedness, being aware of our humanity, being aware from African psychology, umbutu, which is our shared humanity and connection, us being able to see our reflection in each other's eyes and in each other's hearts both from the aspect of suffering and struggle, but also from the aspect of hope and of love. And so it is in alignment that we would think about relationship and connection and our shared humanity in our topic on today. We are dealing with healing parental wounds, healing the wounds that were caused by your parents your guardians those who raised you and we know that those wounds vary in terms of their depth in terms of their width in terms of their source that some of you who are listening carry parental wounds that were a result of physical violence and abuse that some of you carry parental wounds that come from sexual violence and molestation, that some of you carry the wounds of emotional, verbal, psychological abuse from the very mouths of those who should have affirmed and supported and nourished you. And then some who are listening carry the wounds of parental abuse in the form of neglect that it was not an assault on your body and it was not verbal daggers. There was silence and absence, sometimes a physical presence, but emotionally absent, and sometimes even a physical abandonment and not being present to nourish, to guide, to direct, to love in a healthy way you in terms of your own development. And this topic I am addressing as a result of multiple requests. And so some of you wrote about wanting help healing from narcissistic abuse from a parent. And some of you wrote uh, talking about healing from rejection, uh, being rejected by your parents, as a result of your LGBTQ identity and uh, the emotional abuse and neglect, uh, the verbal abuse and the abandonment emotionally by your parents. And then others wrote in talking about uh, physical, sexual and or verbal abuse by their parents And so one of the challenging things about being wounded by our family members is that often it has happened, or at least started at such a young age, that when we are able to develop in a safe and affirming environment, and then a violation happens later in life, There is a sense of self and identity that we can call upon that is pre-trauma or pre-violation. But when we are raised by the people who wounded us, who hurt us, who neglected us, who disrespected us, then often that violation or abuse or harm started so early for some people, even prenatally. And I should mention also those who wrote in who grew up uh, the children of alcoholics, uh, the children of parents who were struggling with uh, other addictions as well, and the impact that that had and has on your life. And so I want to first appreciate Those of you who are listening and have decided to make this homecoming journey, even though your actual association with home is not a healthy place or a loving place or a pleasant place. And I am so appreciative that you are willing to take the risk of going on a journey to a place that in your living memory, you have no true comprehension of because home was not a place of safety or a place where you could flourish and shine or a place where you could feel free and unconditional love. But I am excited about the fact that even those who never had a real sense of home or an inconsistent sense of home or an unreliable sense of home. I am so glad that you have come to the awakening that I can create for myself what my parents either couldn't give me or wouldn't give me that I can choose to create for myself what I was denied, that I can create a life and a space for myself, even though the script I have been handed is one of insecurity, is one of instability, is one of a lack of safety and a lack of honor, that when I have grown up in a place of shame, of fear, of rigidity, of danger in my mind, in my body, in my heart, in my spirit, that I still know that the place I lived was not my home, that there is a home within me and there is a home that I can create that is not reflective of, that does not match the home that I escaped or that I survived. And I am mindful, even as I say that, that some of you who are listening may still be living in that home, that for various reasons, some of you may uh, still be in that environment. And I want you to know that even when Your physical home is not a home. That you can access a psychological, spiritual, emotional homecoming to really uh, come back to yourself. That sometimes in order to survive those places, we had to disconnect. That sometimes when you are in a toxic environment, it requires a dissociation of sorts. It requires a separating of mind from body, a spirit, removing spirit from body, tucking parts of yourself away. And so to be at home within myself is to gather the broken pieces, the scattered pieces, to gather the stained glass and make a home, a sacred home for me that I was never given, but I choose to create. And so I want to give you uh, four key elements when we think about healing those parental wounds. And the first one is breathe. And I want to name that, even as I recognize for some of you listening, this is already hard. And I want to encourage you to take care of yourself as you're listening and if you need to pause and come back, it will still be here. If you wanna invite a friend to listen with you so you have some support, then to be uh, mindful and courageous about your needs and doing the things that will support you in this journey. And so this first step of breathing is really about being present with myself and with my feelings. That often if you grew up with uh, emotionally or otherwise abusive parents, often you had to stay outwardly focused. And so you had to constantly monitor their mood. You had to constantly be vigilant for the next thing they would say or do that some of you even uh, sleeping was not peaceful because you had to be vigilant in your sleep regarding who may come in doing what. And so it is a radical act of self-affirmation to give myself permission to breathe, And as I breathe, I come home to my breath and to my body that I'm not stuck in my head of trying to analyze and figure out what everyone else is doing, that I come out of my head and not even constantly analyzing myself and ruminating and trying to come up with a plan, that I come into myself, that I come home to my breath and as I sit still in my breath, I'm able to tell myself some truths that I could not speak in that house or to those people. Some of us grew up in places and spaces where you did not speak what you felt or what you thought or what you needed because either it would not be honored or believed or because you would be attacked for it or you did not speak it because those who were raising you were emotionally fragile and you felt you had to take care of them. You believed that they could not handle the truth of your life experience. And so even as a child, you carried the weight of experiences and emotions often alone And you learned how to lock them up, lock up your feelings. You learned to lock away your needs, to not need anything from anyone. You taught yourself how to manage all by yourself, even at five, at nine, at 12, at 15. And so, for those who have spent a lifetime, buckled up, those who have spent a lifetime emotionally bound, a part of your healing is in your breath and allowing yourself to feel beyond the presentation of being super strong or the presentation of not caring Or the presentation of saying, it doesn't matter anyway, and I don't care. When underneath all of the I don't cares is a broken heart. And underneath all of the it doesn't matter anyway are unshed tears. So a part of our healing and coming home to ourselves is getting in touch with those buried feelings those buried feelings that often did not have space, not only to speak to others, but even to experience ourselves. And so the truth is that for some of us, there is grief that has never been expressed and that there is a need to mourn the childhood we never had, that there is a need to mourn the pain and the wounds of those years. Not only is there grief, but for many there's also a despair, a deep sadness or depression that you have often missed recognizing because of your busyness or because of your spirituality or because of your disconnect. But as we come home to ourselves, your tears are welcome here. And some who are listening have an unexpressed moan that is deep in and has never been allowed to come out. And for some, these tears, these moans have been locked away for years. And the thought of expressing them can feel unimaginable. And so I invite you to take your time and to honor what you feel you need in this moment to express, to acknowledge within yourself, and again, at your own pace. So for those for whom it just feels too overwhelming, I would encourage you to pay attention to your body, your spirit, your mind that is telling you I don't want to do this by myself. I can't do it by myself. And if that is where you are, to really consider reaching out for therapy, that there are those, of course you may have family or friends, but there are also those who are skilled to walk you through this process of getting in touch with and expressing the unacknowledged parts of your own pain. Not only is there grief and despair, there is also anger and for some rage, because what you went through was outrageous. And many children grew up in environments where it was unacceptable to be angry even about the horrible things that were done or said to you. And so a part of your homecoming will be giving yourself permission to feel what you feel, to breathe and tell yourself the truth. What is the truth about what you feel as it relates to your parents and as it relates to what you experienced And you may want to journal about that this week. Is the truth that I have resentment, the truth that I have questions that I feel will never be answered, is the truth that I am depressed, is the truth that I am anxious because I have never really allowed myself to take in the magnitude of what happened? And I am concerned or worried about if I really take in the magnitude of what happened, how will it change my relationship with my parents or with myself? But there is healing, even though it is painful. There is healing in truth telling, even if it is just to yourself, that On my journey home to me, I have made a decision to stop deceiving myself. On my journey home to me, I have made a commitment to stop lying to myself. On my journey home to me, I have made a vow to honor the truth as I see it and as I know it, regardless of other people's approval, validation, amen, or support that i am i am coming back for me for the girl for the boy that in some ways i had to leave behind in order to survive and so we breathe and we connect with what feelings there are and i want you to know that is complicated that whenever we're dealing with those who knew us up close or who know us up close, it can be complicated because some of you are thinking, well, you know, you don't know I was a bad kid. So, you know, that's why they had to do what they did. And so it is important for us to really sit with, uh, trying to justify abuse, right? That even if Uh, a child, especially when a child is acting out in a particular way, there is a need there uh, that we need to address, but that is not um, a justification for verbal, physical, sexual violence or abandonment. And so I encourage you that even as you tell yourself the truth and you're wanting to uh, own your part of it as an uh eight-year-old, and it's important that you really take into consideration, you know, these childhood years, often we are judging ourselves as children by the standards of ourselves as adults, right? That surely as an adult, I would make some different choices than I did when I was 11, right? But when you're 11, you're 11, yes? And so I uh, breathe and give myself permission to not have known some things, to have been unaware of some things. I give myself permission to have made even mistakes as a child and even the mistakes that I made That those are the times when those who love you and care about you are to really show up to nourish and to guide. Yes. So breathe in to the complicated layers of your feelings about yourself, about your parents, about your childhood and allow that breath to release the tension in your body that you may be holding in the back of your neck, in your forehead, in the base of your back, in the pit of your stomach. But as you breathe, you give yourself permission to release those muscles and that tension. And then after breathing, we move to the stage of building to build ourselves up In the aftermath, and for some of you, you're living with the ongoing realities of your parents' disapproval uh, or their verbal or emotional uh, assaults uh, against your psyche. And so it is uh, imperative for me to build my identity. And to build my identity means that I will not leave the definition of myself and my value in the hands of those who try to destroy me or in the hands of those who were not emotionally equipped to honor and love me and care for me and provide for me, that I am in some ways making myself from scratch, (laughs) that I may take some of the ingredients that I uh, learned or developed from family, but it means that my recipe is not going to be identical to those who sought to dismantle me or to erase me. And so it is a part also of womanist psychology, black women's psychology to define ourselves. And so some of us have been living, holding our breath, waiting for the approval of those who do not even approve of themselves. And so I encourage you to grab hold of your agency, to grab hold of your empowerment, and to determine what are the things they said about me that are not true, that I do not have to believe that because they said it, that that is who I am, that the words that were placed upon me, I don't have to continue to hold them. I can lay them down. And so who did your parents tell you you were? And what are the parts of that you are in agreement with? What are the parts of that that resonate with you? What are the parts of that that are truth? And then what are the things they either said about you directly or the way they treated you made you believe that you were less unqualified, unworthy, dishonorable, dirty, shameful, insignificant, that even though they may have treated me that way i will not utilize that i will not continue to internalize that version of myself that i will not see myself through the eyes of people who abused me i will not i will not consent to agree to continue to define myself in the words, and in the ways of people who actually never really saw me. And so after our breathing and connecting to what we felt, what we feel, it is also about transmuting those emotions into the action of self-definition. So I had the grief or the anger or the bitterness or the resentment and then I don't remain stuck in that. I, tra- I transform that. I alchemize that into my definition of myself. And so there is a shifting that takes place when I take the daggers, the wounds, the broken pieces, the name calling, the midnights. I take all of that. I grieve it. I am outraged by it. I feel the despair of the younger version of me. And then with breath, I identify the fact that I am not there anymore, that I am here. And in this present moment, those things happened to me, but those things are not me. Hmm that what they said and what they did or the neglect that I experienced, it happened to me, but it is not the definition of me. And so who am I? I get to build it. I get to create it. I get to name it. And while for some, it can be grief worthy and frustrating that you're doing this at whatever age you are now, and you wish you had been able to develop that identity as a child, the reality is we're not there anymore. We are in the present moment and it is a sacred opportunity to reclaim your pen, to take your pen out of your parents' hands, out of your guardian's hands, out of the foster parents' hands, to reclaim your pen and to write your story, your narrative, your name, your identity. So I am building it. (laughs) What am I doing on this homecoming? I am building. I am building and rebuilding myself. So we have breathing into our feelings and allowing them, being present with them. We have building our identity. And then we have boundaries. We have boundaries. So in order to come home to myself, I have to determine the level at which I can have interaction with people who are still trying to dismantle me. So it's one thing if your parents had some kind of transformation, uh, maybe they got sober, maybe they had they went to therapy, uh, they are repentant about what they did, and even though it's difficult for you to trust it, you can see them changing. That's a different thing, right? And even there. You have boundaries because you're still learning each other. You're still new. Uh, but it for those of you who are dealing with parents, guardians who still have that same mindset, who are still engaging in that same behavior, that are still uh, rejecting you, um, condemning you, erasing you, trying to control you, then it is going to be important for you to set up some boundaries for your own health and wellness. And I cannot dictate for you what those boundaries look like because by your individual uh, personhood, you will have to come to that. Some people have cultural considerations, religious considerations, financial considerations. All I can tell you is that your wellness is important. And it is very difficult to be well when you spend a lot of time with people who do not want you to be well. Okay? Your wellness, your life, your balance. It is very hard to rebuild your self esteem and continuously spend time with people who are trying to tear down your self esteem. Okay? So. It is for you to consider, for some of you, that means I'm not dealing with them at all. For some of you, uh, it is that I'm gonna spend time with them, but not the amount of time that I did before. For some of you, it is that uh, I still live there for various reasons, or I still have to deal with them, but I have to take steps and strategies To emotionally fortify myself, spiritually fortify myself, so that when those verbal arrows come, they do not land. That I will not continue to be dismantled by their opinions about me. Yes. So, whether your boundaries are absolute or a reduction or not a physical boundary, but an emotional, spiritual boundary, there has to be. Something within you in place to not allow uh, the bombs to continue to land. Right? So I invite you to consider what that looks like. And I want to really emphasize that I have said for each person and each family, that's going to be different. Right? So uh, you don't have to go tell your mother that Dr. Tama said, I can't talk to you anymore. (laughs) That's not what I said. So you have to decide, right? And that's a part of becoming an adult is you choose, you choose, right? And so to own your decisions, own your decisions, and you really search your heart about what is conducive, what works for your mental health, for your uh, functioning, for your flourishing. yes. And then the last step is the bridge. So we had breathing into our emotions. We had building our identity. We had setting up boundaries so that we are not continuing uh, to be violated. And then the last one is the bridge, which means, uh, which really speaks to some of us have been stuck where we are because we are waiting for our parents to parent us in order for us to move forward with our lives. And I want to tell you on today that some of us, it's time to build the bridge over your parents' inadequacies in order for you to get into your future. That if you have been stuck and stagnant waiting for their love, waiting for their approval, waiting for their guidance, if you have been stuck in this place of grieving the childhood that you had and the childhood you wish you had, but if you have been stuck, I want to tell you the difficult and yet empowering news that some of our parents will never be able to give us what we wanted or needed. That is the difficult part. The good news is you can build a psychological, emotional, spiritual bridge over their inadequacies and parent and love and nourish yourself and find community and make community with those who will respect and nourish and love and honor you. And then you are able to step into your purpose, your gifts, your calling, your possibility that your life is not doomed because of the parents you had, that that your life does not end at this point, does not have to end at this point because of your parents' judgments, rejections, ignorance, unhealed wounds, right? Some of them have been shading your shine because they never were able to shine. But instead of having to continue sitting, trying to figure out what went wrong or why they did or didn't do it. It is really a moment to say, I grieve it. I acknowledge it. I recognize it. And I take my life off hold. That I will no longer wait for them to be who I wanted or needed them to be. I have somewhere to go, which is back home to me, right? That my life, my authentic life is calling and waiting for me and I will no longer be stalled or stagnant or in the quicksand of disappointment in my early years. But in this moment, in this time and in this place, I know that there is a me on the other side of this bridge. (laughs) And so I make a decision to leave behind the things that I want to leave behind, to gather the pieces that I want to hold on to, and to walk across this bridge into my homecoming. I invite your heart. I invite your soul. I invite your mind. I invite your spirit, I invite your memories, and I invite your dreams to tell yourself, welcome home.